We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality. Welcome to the Pat Mayo Experience, presented by DraftKings BMW Championship Picks Preview, the final one and done of the year. And I think that Jeff and I have both officially lost the one and done to Cuss, who was on a heater all year long. So it's one of those outlier years. Once every nine years, he's going to win one of these things. We did this with a game that I used to play with Cust and one of my friends. And the joke was that he would win once in 27 times in a three-man competition. And boy, would he win once in every 27 times and blow us out of the water. And then it'd be back to the losing streak. So we'll see how football season goes. Jeff, Cust, and I have a show coming out on Thursday. So please pay attention to that. That's going to be a fun one. We've already recorded it. It's a gangbuster one. You've already seen a clip of Cust going absolutely bananas at Sean Payton. It's, it's, it's a lot of fun, that show. Uh, tomorrow, I'm with Jake Seeley going over the top 150 players in my fantasy football rankings. And of course, Tambo will be in studio or via the internet, one of the two anyway, on Wednesday to do the DraftKings side and the finale of the DraftKings pick show for the fantasy golf season before we dive headfirst into football and until golf returns back in January. Full-time on the Pat Mayo Experience. So smash the like while you're here. Playing the week one DraftKings Listeners League, just like the golf one. There's no golf one this week or for the rest of the year. Maybe Ryder Cup. We'll see about that. But it's $15 to play, three max entry, no rake. Uh, it's, uh, I think it's already 20% full. And you know, week one is still like three weeks away or whatever it is. So get your spot now before they're all gone, all right? Jeff Feinberg, 
I can assure you there was no way I would have wagered money on Lucas Glover last week. So I didn't win. I can assure you the like big football season deposit. I was really hoping to not have to make by hitting something is now inevitable. Um, yeah. Lucas Glover's gone God mode. And I fucking hope that there's a threesome waiting for him in Chicago. Like if your wife's going to beat you when you're down, she better be like going banana right now. Like rusty trombone banana with a friend. He's earned it. Oh, we got a little bit of insight into what goes on in the Feinberg household. I oh, no, 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 no. Doesn't work like that. So uh, this Not week, I... I'll make the pick show easy for you. Tommy Fleet was going to win this week because there's no chance anyone's going to bet him at 18 to 1. I don't even know what to say about that. Like, there's about three or four lifeless putts from him yesterday. It's kind of expected. Like, when that happens, it's... And it's similarly, it's to say, like, I... You can't be surprised that Fleetwood didn't come through. Um, He teases you enough, which is the worst. But we'll see. I... Yeah. That's... that. I don't want to do it, Pat. It's just like too depressing. Um, but I'd rather do that than like do the most painful Chargers losses of all time of the last 15 years. But like, I think at some point we should rank which was his worst, his worst, like second or third place finish. I can give it to you. Canada is number one. The year that you were at Honda is number two. As greenside for both, baby. <laughs> I don't know. He is. It, it is. I don't want to criticize. Lovely chap. Clearly, like. I, I don't, I'm not going to say anything mean. Mean things are being said at him. People tweet me like it's the Chargers, Pat. <laughs> like when the Chargers do something horribly and people have lost money on it. I, I'm a whipping boy, I guess. And it sort of was like that a bit for my Menchies yesterday. Just feeling bad for you about old poor Tommy Fleetwood. Can't make a three foot putt. Yeah, like I, you can't. He used to even be better at them. He used to hit them with a little more life. He doesn't hit anything with any sort of like attitude. Like I, I, he doesn't. Everything is just short. Short of the hole, like 90% of the time. And every time you think he's hit an approach, like, let's go, momentum, and misses the putt yesterday. So that was real painful. Lucas Glover going banana. I, I mean, crazy. Deserved. Earned. Pat, do you know the PGA Tour doesn't have comeback player of the year anymore? They don't. Well, is it because it's impossible to figure out what comeback player actually means? Or we just went through this in the NFL that no one has any idea what it means. And there's no way DeMar Hamlin doesn't win the NFL one this year. That that I know. I'll bet you against that. Um, you don't I've stepped in. Oh. You're stepping in front of DeMar Hamlin winning the comeback player of the year? No, I think there's an incredibly strong case to be made um, that he doesn't win comeback player of the year and that he's a rotational like what happened to him was the scariest thing ever, but it's an Alex Smith price for not an Alex Smith situation. He's going to be closer to a pick by the time that award goes off. 
because football games are going to be played. Players that are actually relevant to their team's success are going to make contributions, and he's going to be a rotational safety. Okay. So we'll see. I, the numbers now is crazy. It will be like a pick'em because guys are going to play well, and guys will make actual football cases for the award. But like the guy, the guy was. I don't know. I, I could say something. It's just like to pick on it. You're like picking on a dude who came back from the dead. I, I don't want to do that. But there was never a moment once that he was gonna like not play week one. Well, I mean, there was the part where he almost died, and they didn't know if he was going to be alive. Then at that correct point, at so that like point, credit they, at to... that at that point they didn't think he was gonna play in week one. Okay. Yes. I mean, after that, like he was already celebrated at last year's Super Bowl. Like if John Mechie goes and gets a thousand yards, the guy had leukemia. He didn't have like, I had thyroid cancer, Pat. That was like, I didn't out surgery. It was like, whoa, but it was done. It was easy. It's the easiest, best, like least deadly cancer you can have. I also didn't have to write an exam or do an assignment for like a year and a half. And that was amazing in university. I milked that for all it was worth. Not all cancers are the same. Leukemia, that's scary shit. So it's not like they're going from dead man to nothing. They can go from dead man to leukemia. There's a lot of like ways this cannot go Demar Hamlin's ways. I don't think it's auto at all. What I wanted to joke was that Lucas Glover, well, sorry, the reason comeback player of the year went away in the PGA Tour was because they gave it to Steve Stricker two years in a row. <laughs> People didn't understand how that happened. But that actually makes a um, lot of that, that does make a lot of sense though. Because when you look at those two years, he came back from like playing on the Canadian tour or ever, wherever it was. And he like played all right on the PGA tour. But then he became like one of the best players in the world the year after. It was just like it was a mini leap that was like a huge leap from the time from where he was. But then it was another huge leap that he became such an impact guy. But that that situation essentially broke like they didn't even try to like how football and other leagues still find ways to finesse a meaning to it or the ambiguousness of the ambiguity of like what the actual criteria is after that happened, the PGA tour just said, screw it. The funny thing is like that award would be crazy. Like even like if that was an actual odds board, Pat Ricky probably would have been like minus 800, like two weeks ago. I still a thousand. I mean, I still think that Ricky would win the award. I, why would Glover win the award? He won two years ago. It's not like he lost his card or anything like that. Yeah, maybe, again, it would be the ambiguity of it all. I'm just saying, like, Ricky would have gone from minus 1,000 to, like, this morning, now he made it a bit, might have been close to a pick Um, And then, I don't know, PG, you're right. Golf is so complex. It would really be a hard award in many, in many respects. But, yeah, I just wanted to note, Stricker winning it two times in a row is what broke it on the PGA Tour. You know who I would actually give my comeback player of the year award to is Ben Ann, who lost his card. Incredible. Had to go, had to go play on the Corn Ferry Tour, won down there, got his card back, and now he's almost like a top 30 player in the world again. Fantastic. Fantastic. Um, and a great little in character for like niche golf internet Twitter. Yeah, it's like Mike, Mike, maybe Michael Kim is the comeback player of the year because he went, he won five years ago went away and now he's big on Twitter. <laughs> um, but yeah, I don't know any other, 
I mean, Lucas Glover's putt, I like that was ridiculous. He was pretty shitty yesterday, but no one caught him other than Cantley. All the other guys that were closer didn't do enough. And I don't, man, these big events, these long shots winning these big events, um, yeah, it's kind of like breaking me in some respects. Yeah, and not being honest. Uh, shout out to Sky, uh, host of the Euro Tour, I guess DP World Tour, Picks and Bet Show. He was on Glover this week and continued the trend that you set a while ago of donating a portion of the winnings to St. Jude itself, the St. Jude Children's Hospital. So that was nice to see. Shout out to our guy, Sky, for being on Glover. But I guess we have to have the conversation about the Ryder Cup. Because we kind of joked about it last week, and I think I even made the joke. Like, yeah, if Glover wins again, maybe he's back in the conversation. So where I'm at right now, back-to-back wins, wins the last one, wins the first playoff event. He has to be in consideration at this point. The reason that they push back the captain's selection to where it is right now, it was basically the Billy Horschel rule, right? Where you yeah. had to let guys get hot in the playoffs against all the best players. And you're like, well, I guess we got to take him. Like, this rule is in place for a reason. And it's specifically what Glover is doing. I think if they pick the team today, he would probably be on it. But that doesn't mean he is on the team. If he sucks the next two weeks, he is not on this team. Okay, that is totally fair. But this is also, like, ambiguity in the sense that what is not sucking? Like, if he comes 25th, does he not suck? There's no cut. So what if it's just like a Sunday 64 and a Sunday 67, but he still comes at the back of the pack? Like, there's a lot of ways you can, like, argue. Like, there's a lot of ways you can dissect it and make a case for any way you want at this point with Lucas Glover. I do think. Maybe it was like JT has to be officially dead. I like see, the entire I, I, process. I, 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 I don't agree, but okay. Oh, yeah. Okay. I and I honestly don't agree either because as someone who bet Europe, it would scare the shit out of me. But I mean, for the integrity of the process, it does at this point feel like it could bastardize it. But at the same time, who freaking cares? Um, I could JT you let him come play his own ball. On on Friday, say be super aggressive and try to go bananas. Like I don't think that is crazy, but um, yeah, I, I think a guy like Morikawa's like Safe. steadiness though, Pat is like guaranteed. Not that that was ever in doubt, but some people have him in this bubble mix. I yeah. do not. No, like speed, speed, I, that's kind of crazy talk. Like right now, like Homa jumped back into the final spot and Xander fell out. So Xander's on the team, Speeth's on the team, Morikawa's on the team. It's the other three spots that are up for grabs. The other three spots. And yeah, I don't I don't think I would bring Lucas Glover. I mean, would you rather would you, would you let's say everything kind of continues? Glover doesn't win any of the next two weeks, but he comes like, I don't know. 13th and 10th or something good enough he's on the team i think he's on the team and even if it came down to it right now like would i rather take lucas glover or would i rather take cameron young sneakily i actually think glover's a really nice fit for this course in in italy like he's the type of guy that the euros would normally bring to take advantage of the course type that the americans would never bring and they might get their hand forced into it just kind of like Harmon in a weird way who kind of fits that course really well uh like what has cameron young done to be on this team really nothing um like keegan has done way more like i would rather have keegan than take cam young right now i mean two weeks you have to play the recent 
form. I don't know. I'm not. I'm out on Keegan. I'm not in on Keegan. I'm like way. I'm more in on Cam Young than I am on Keegan. But okay, I'm wrong a lot, and I do agree. Keegan is probably a nicer course fit. It is such a wild team. Like the team you would have put on paper at Christmas to the team you're getting now is absolutely bonkers. It is bonkers. Now, Pat, you have been a guy who pretty much from even then, even at Christmas, looking at the teams, you're like, yeah, I'm still probably going to bet Europe. Um, Yeah, I know. I don't think you've already bet it. I don't think you care. Like you leaned it hard enough to like want to bet it or want to going to bet enough to like care to lose a few points. But is there a number it could get to where you would lean USA from a bet? Yeah, because I'm seeing it get like crazy now. I've seen like minus one thirty five for the Americans. It'll be down. You're going to get a better number by the time this comes around. Like people are just piling on Europe now because they're going to see the names that get brought. Like if, if it ends up being Glover and Ricky and I don't know, Sam Burns as the final three guys, along with Spieth, Morikawa, the qualifiers and Xander. And let's say that's the Ryder Cup team that goes. People are going to look at that and be like severely underwhelmed when you see Wyndham Clark and Brian Harmon on the team. And then the odds probably go down to like minus 120, minus 115. You know, I, I would feel like I basically think it's a coin flip anyway. So the closer you can get me to a coin flip for the USA, then I would start liking their chances a little bit more, like in terms of betting them. I see. You kind of always saw it as a coin flip. That's yeah. I'm always like was gaga for the names, but as I put out at the open, I I bet Europe and I could change. I got Europe at such a good number, I could change. I could like switch you, sides. You don't want to do that. No, I don't. I, and it's also I didn't bet enough where like I I'm gonna. It's not like a huge. I just wanted to bet it. This number's not going to get better. I could see the wins happen. The well, like the winds of change that weren't sexy on paper happening for the American team. But I don't know. Maybe they'll have like crazy chemistry. I'm so excited. It's the only golf I'm truly excited for. Don't get me wrong. Sunday, four o'clock. Like that's fun. That's fun. But um, yeah, Ryder cup. I, I yeah, I don't know. Three. Even Phil, I still think Phil's going to be a captain one day, Pat. Sure. Then you can bet on it. Yeah. No, when the people who like, the kids he'll be captain for could be like six years old today. I just think at one point when all the people involved, are not involved. Like no one, the the new people involved don't have feelings about what happened. He will get the call to do it. Whether that be 10, 15, 20 years, he's going to get the call one day. I have to a captain. This thing. I, I have a question about the European Ryder Cup points, and maybe you don't know the answer. Maybe someone out there does that Rory and Rom are one and two on both the Euro points list and the world's points list. So it's top three from both that automatically qualify for the team. So you have Rory, Rom and Bobby Mack are the top three on the Euro points list. And on the world points list, it's Rom, Rory and Hovland. So does like, where do they get excluded from in terms of the actual locks? I assume it's from the world points list because that would make their team potentially yeah. a lot better. But you take Rory and Rom off of the world points list, then your next three guys are Hovland, Hatton, and Fleetwood, where if you took them off the Euro list, you'd be getting Moronk, Yannick Paul, and Robert McIntyre as auto locks. 
I'm certain it's how you said it. And I don't even know if there's a set rule for them. I think they can dance it however they feel is necessary for them in any given year. Okay. They can finagle. That makes sense. Like but- it's, I would assume it's like their, their call, how they want to finagle that year in, year out. Okay. And looking at it right now, and maybe it is Euro points because they have the they have an EP next to their name and they're automatically qualified on the maybe they're automatically qualified through European points at this point. Like they're on like Rob and Roy have clinched enough points to be on the team, just like I believe Scheffler and someone have on the American side of things. But the European swing that's going to happen right now over the next three weeks or so is going to be really telling of who the other auto locks are going to be for this team. Cause like I mentioned, you have McIntyre, Paul, Moronk, Victor Perez, all within 200 points of each other. And then just slightly behind that, you have uh, Rasmus Hoygaard, you have Adrian Otagi, Jordan Smith is down there. He's a bit further back than the other guys, but those five guys are all within, like if they get a win in, the Czech Republic or Switzerland. Like they might vault themselves onto this team like automatically. There has to be a closing date for them though, too, Pat. It's Wentworth. Wentworth is the last day or it's before Wentworth or after Wentworth. It's that week. Um, okay. I guess that makes sense. Um, Yeah, it's all very telling. I I mean, I can flip-flop all the time. Is there anyone in the like anyone who can make East Lake should automatically be on Europe? I don't even care. Is that even possible for anyone other than um Straka? Like who's even a bubble boy? Is Straka the only bubble boy potentially there? I th- think so just trying to take a scan down the list very quickly because i i think rye ended up getting cut so he's officially done yeah i believe it is him because jagger ended up getting cut as well this week uh seamus power is the only other one who could make east like and the only reason that he's any europe the only reason he's still in the fedex cup playoffs at this point is because he went on a run the butterfield bermuda he won mayakoba came third fifth at the rsm classic that's where all of his points are from that's basically a year ago now. Yeah, that is fair. I mean, I guess. I mean, in theory, you would think that there's no way Europe is good enough to take any golfer who makes Eastlake. To I mean, to not take any golfer who can make Eastlake. But if you do deep dive, Seamus, it is... Um, you know, an interesting dance. Well, someone brought this point up to me on the X yesterday when I was talking about the broadcast and when I tuned in, it went from the women's open, which was actually like thrilling for like the 20 minutes that I watched it. And they cut over to Sedgefield, not Sedgefield, uh, Southwind for guys were getting on the course. Like Nick Hardy was already three under. I was looking forward to betting Nick Hardy this week, but he ended up bogeying out and not making the BMW championship. So save some money on Nick Hardy. So that's already a win in my books. But they kept talking about the importance and the significance of this bubble watch. And I agreed with them. I was like, this is actually like the compelling story right now. Like, can Glover hold on to this lead and, you know, get back to back wins, put himself into the Ryder Cup conversation? That's all great. But the other, like, B story here, rather than like, oh, can Matt Fitzpatrick move up five points to become like 29th in the. FedEx up. Like, who, who cares? Like, he's, he's playing next week. Nothing's on the line for him. He's not going to win this week. There was like eight guys 
from 46 to 54 that were kind of trading spots. It was like Nick Hardy, and then you had like Alex Smalley was one who was into the mix at that point. Mac Hughes chipped in twice, got himself in, but then found himself in 51st when everything was done. Rogers gets in, English gets in, Hoagie gets in, Hideki rallies to get himself back in, Cam Davis rallies to get himself back in. And all these guys were on the course, and they would periodically show one of their shots. But they just spent most of their time showing dudes warming up on the range. And not even Lucas Glover. It's like, here's Tom Kim. It's like, okay, great. Tom Kim's warming up. Fantastic. They showed more Tom Kim warm-up shots than the guys on the fucking bubble that they were just talking about that this is so important for. It makes no sense. They always do a weird song and dance with what, like... With what they choose to care about. But they like were but they, never... they explicitly told us what was important, what we care about, and they just decided not to show that. Oh, that doesn't <laughs> surprise me one bit. Again, like to my point, like it's always interesting to see what they will hype up, like what will what the stories they'll put on the pedestal, but th- there's no guarantee that they'll even follow through with them on the TV broadcast. It, it is a an incredible uh, like when you actually follow the tour and all of its platforms, it's incredible to see because that's a regular thing. I mean, that's a high stakes one you're referring to, but that's no surprise. It's part for the court. That's like Tommy missing a clutch one. By the way, I'm just looking at this leaderboard right now for Southwind next year or maybe for Valspar next year. A lot of crossover on that leaderboard. More Shank and Spieth all finish inside the top six. They were the final three at Valspar this year. Connor, yeah, I was thinking about other guys. Connors and Fleetwood have played really well there, too. Uh, yeah, and you would have thought Burns would have played well, and Hatton kind of loitered a bit. Uh, well, um, Burns had a hole-in-one. That helped. Yeah. Not- Lift clean in place all week, though. Like, no Glover wins. He, you know, he's putting blindfolded, whatever. He deserves it. But live clean in place all week's a tragedy. It's a tragedy. I guess better all week than like when it picks its its spots, but nah, not impressed. They were also highlighting on the broadcast. And I guess you want to make the audience aware of it, so that does make some sense. But they're like, "Oh, here's Justin Rose's putt to jump from thirty second back inside the top thirty. Got to be inside the top thirty. He doesn't need to be inside the top thirty. Like being being the difference between 29th and thirty second this week means absolutely nothing. Like you're gonna have to play well this week. That's what matters for that to be inside the top thirty. It's like, oh great, Justin Rose uh, is now 29th in the FedEx Cup standings. If he sucks this week, he is not going to make East Lake. And again, a lot of that. Um, but like the Hideki stuff was compelling, but then they'd also like not show it. Oh, let you know, we made a birdie on 17 to follow up his birdie Eagle or something (laughs) like, yeah, I agree. I didn't really get to see a lot, Pat. You had a much better Sunday than I did. I took more in on the radio yesterday, but you know, they're all over the place and there's no consistency in what they actually care about on the broadcast Reece- other than like a Michael block. Yeah. Well, my, my, but Michael block was a real story. We're still talking about Michael block <laughs> at this point. Uh, and it's not Cantley putting it into the water on the playoff, which I was surprised that he did. And it's funny because when he laid up or when he took his drop from the water, he moved it back to be just dead on with the pin. It was like 150 yards. Why do you just lay up? To 150 yards in the first place and had a pitching wedge. 
Like, what was the benefit of just getting it to, I don't know, like 125 yards where water's in play, or you can just lay up in front of that thing? I don't know, man. I mean, no, again, Lucas Glover, golf's hard, like, his incredible, but, like, the breaks that, the horrible, like, divots and shit that uh, lies and things that Hatton, I uh, know Hatton, Henley fell into last week and Cantley goes in the water, water on tee, open a playoff. I listen, so, I, no. I I had, I mean, a microcosm of that was like a round I played last week. I finally got my game a little bit back. It was awesome. I was striking my irons amazingly. Uh, and I just kept getting bad breaks on the front nine. Like I would hit it whole high and it would just like, go off a little bit and then like get nestled down in the one patch of super deep rough. And then, you know, it's like a flub chip out. And I make bogey instead of just getting it easily up and down for par. So there's all these bogeys on my card, but I striped it off the tee. I was putting well. Uh, just there was just a few circumstances where like I ended up getting caught in really bad positions that normally if I hit the shot 10 times that I wouldn't get caught in nine out of them. But that's just where I found myself on the front nine on the back nine. I hosled a shot. It hit a hill bounced onto the green. I made birdie like all of the bad breaks that I got on the front from good shots. All of the poor shots that I hit on the back somehow worked out in my favor, which was really strange. And then I was actually, I I've never shot a par on like four and nine. I've shot 37 before. Shot 38. I was one under on 18 on the back and made double bogey. <laughs> that is uh classic. That stuff. is life. I, yeah. But, um, but it's just, I mean, sure. Glover's running how I was running on the back nine. Just like whatever break you're going to get, you're going to get. And it's going to flip for him. He's going to end up in like the worst fucking lie in the world and shit like that coming up. He hit a drive yesterday, Pat, where he totally lost his back foot. Uh, like it totally slipped from under him and he still piped at 300 like dead center the guy is i mean he's running as pure as cussed that's impossible to do as a joke but um impossible to run as pure as cussed especially on the golf course <laughs> for the amount of balls he hits into the trees that bounce into the middle of the fairway it's unfathomable and people are genuinely... Oh, I thought you were going to say, like, for the amount of balls he hits on into the trees, and then we walk back to the cart, and he says he made a five. No, like, <laughs> oh, just like, we will have new people play with us all the time, and they are just, like, wide-eyed and slack-jawed. It's like they saw the producers for the first time sitting in the audience, that they can't believe the amount of luck that he gets from just the world's worst shots. Like, when I'm talking about, a, like, when I say that I was getting lucky on bad shots, like, you know, instead of hitting, like, a, a high a high fade into a par three. I kind of like, you know, lined it a little bit, but it hit the hill in the right way, deadened it, and it stopped when it got onto the green. Cuss will just like duck hook it into the trees and it'll bounce 80 yards forward. <laughs> well, when you mention that they're wide-eyed when they see Cuss, I thought you meant because of his wardrobe. Well, I mean, he, he is a sartorial prince on the links when it comes down to it. <laughs> Yeah, I'm, oh. I'm glad I didn't have to watch much of it yesterday. I saw Seinfeld on <laughs> Friday, and I saw Bill Burr yesterday, like yesterday afternoon, evening. Good shows. Bill Burr was excellent, but, I mean, that's not a surprise. I was actually surprised that Seinfeld was good. Now, apparently, it's the same act he's been doing for 15 <laughs> years, but I haven't seen him in the past 15 years, so it was new to me, so I thought it was good. But people who had seen him, like, 10 years ago didn't like the show, if that makes sense. Yeah, people that paid like a lot of money to see him in Vegas didn't like really enjoy the show yesterday. That was exactly I, what I happened guess. with my friend. He paid a bunch of money to see him in Vegas, saw the show, came, went to this one thinking it was going to be like a new set. It wasn't. 
But I get I don't think he, <clears throat> I assume he doesn't come to Halifax often so he can use that like that routine can play there like very well. Absolutely. Like I said, I hadn't seen it. Um your your Sunday way better than mine, Pat. I went to a kids bop concert. Like, what, what the hell is that? What is that? They played the amphitheater, okay? Like Budweiser stage, like a real concert venue where real bands play. It's it's just a bunch of kids singing pop songs but without any of like the swear words um it's so like a row it's like and i'm sure in other cities it's like four different kids doing the same thing it's like a traveling circus nonetheless so we're down there and then after we go for dinner at um in liberty village at the local oh, lovely place right next to our old office we, we used to spend many an afternoon at the local yeah, and then the stars of the show like come there for their dinner. So my like seven year old is all wide eyed. It's like when I'm at say was at Sayo's restaurant in San Diego as a nine year old, and in walks Freddie Jones. It's like <laughs> nine people who that'll resonate for, but um, R.I.P. Sayo and his restaurant that doesn't exist anymore. Neither does Gretzky's. I guess that was like a thing. I wonder if Jordan's, Michael Jordan's still exist. Probably doesn't even exist in Chicago. It was all like, no. Um, so yeah, that was my, that was that was mine. So I got a lot of the radio calls. Shout out Will Haskett and the boys. They always deliver. The Wiggles are coming to my city. 150 bucks a ticket. <laughs> oh, it's like a <laughs> and they're gonna man. sell out every show. Every show, yeah, they, they probably, yeah, they probably do two a days, too, three. right? They're doing, they they're doing yeah, three. three. Uh, yeah, yeah, and that it, makes sense. And there's limited. They'll there's sell like, out every show. Yeah, there's like twenty I tickets available know. left. I'll be, I'll be honest, Pat. Like you say, hundred and fifty, and I don't even know how to quantify. Like everything is so expensive now to do anything. Like that's a semblance of fun. That like I don't even know how to quantify if that's a ripoff. Like, just based on the price that, like, to do anything fun's a goddamn fortune. I don't mean fun for, I mean, well, our fun's a fortune, too. So to fly to Vegas in October, right now, if I wanted to book my ticket, any weekend in October, it's like over two grand. Really? What the fuck is going on? Oh, wow. Those those tickets that I was looking at uh, are, like, the cheap, the the better, like, the back-end tickets the ones that i'm looking at now that are still available are 232 dollars a ticket i don't know if i want to pay that to for my kids to like half pay attention to the wiggles although i know that they'd yeah, enjoy it for, they'd enjoy it for five minutes but i'll be at a grand by the time it's all over yeah just let them watch a, like an hour's worth on netflix so they'll, they'll get the same but i don't know that's up yeah I, I don't have a clue. We watched the Mario movie this weekend. That was a big hit. Yeah, on on Prime, we that was we spent a rainy a rainy Saturday doing some putting that on too. Yeah, yeah. All right. Should we move Born on to life. the BMW Championship? We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences 
So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Yeah, we should, I guess. It is the second leg of the FedEx Cup playoffs. There's only 50 players in the field. There is no cut this week. It's par 70, 7,366 yards. I did the research show for Olympia Field, CC North course. Thanks to our friends at the Fried Egg who uh, broke it down, had all the pictures of it because I couldn't find a flyover. Uh, So if you want to read more about the course, you can go check those out after you listen to this and watch the research show. That would be very nice of you. Remember to smash the like while you're here and play in the week one. DraftKings Listeners League as well. I like this. If it resembles anything like it did in 2020, which by all indications it is, this is the perfect penultimate event on the PGA Tour. I want to see these guys face a real challenge. I Because I remember one year, was it wherever it was, I think Thomas or Cantlay won. Like the winning score was like minus 28 or something stupid like that. Like give me a minus five winner in the FedEx Cup playoffs. That's what I want to see. That's what I want. Because, well, firstly, we have not had a... Hard, I mean, you can, how do you, however you want to grade the U.S. Open is up to you, Pat. You can make a case. We have not played a hard golf course since Memorial, like scoring wise. Scoring wise. These guys have not, whether it's just been conditions, you can't control what happens at the Open. Obviously, I have like the muck, muck, birdie bonanzas that surround the Open, um, you know, those sorts of events. But we have not seen a test since memorial and no one loves a test more than um the guy bet every week i was insulted i golfed with a good friend on friday and it was obviously after victor's bad rounds uh thursday not to you know foreshadow here because what are you gonna do you're just gonna bet hovland every week like and then as hovland's like making his insane runs every day that then go backwards I'm like thinking, I'm insulted he asked me that. Like, I take offense to that, even though it's a totally fair and legitimate question. What are you going to do? You just going to bet Hovland every week? Probably. <laughs> and that's what you're going to do here? Just bet Hovland? Hard. When, it, when like, the test is up, obviously, the, like, there's the, the, the big three. I can't debate them, and Cantley's in form, and he's won here. It's perfect. He isn't won But here. when can... Oh, sorry, FedEx Cup machine. This leg. Yeah, he's 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 won the BMW. He's won the BMW Championship back to back years. He did not win at this course. Yes, that's a mistake. And also, like how, um, never mind. Like Finau won the first leg, but he obviously never won Southwood. No, never mind. Sometimes the the FedEx Cup wording and how people word things, including myself, I confuse myself. Uh, I apologize for that. Uh, But when conditions are tough, that's when Victor plays the best. That's when he's his best. That's when everyone else is in the most trouble when it comes to him. So I, I and yes, test. I love a test. To your point, let's let's make these guys work for everything. To some people would say, let's have Olympia Fields be the U.S. Open we didn't get. 
And that might end up being the case, because when we saw this in 2020, Rom made a charge on Sunday from way back. Uh, he was way back on Saturday, made a bit of a charge. Then on Sunday, made a bit of a charge. And Dustin even had to make a putt to get into the playoff with him. And then Rom just shoved it in his face, made a 60-footer on the first playoff hole. And that was that. The winning score was minus four. And when you take a look at the guys that were at the top of the leaderboard that year, it's a lot of guys that went to live and guys who play well at U.S. Opens. And it kind of like this course will kind of just chip away at you. Like, yeah, people are going to make double bogeys. People make double bogeys everywhere. There's 91 bunkers. There are eight holes with water in play, but just like the absurd bogey rates on some of these holes. I think that there are seven holes with over a 27% bogey rate. It's insane. Can't wait. So guys are going to like evaporate. Um, And Hopefully, it's not the guys I bet on. But guys are going to evaporate quickly. Well, let's get to the top odds. At DraftKings Sportsbook, Scheffler, Rom, Rory, or Scheffler, Rory, Rom at this point, 6.5, 7-1, Cantlay has moved into that mix as well with the playoff loss and being the two-time, two-time BMW <laughs> champion is 10 to 1 and then there's a gap down to Xander and Hovland both at 16 Fleetwood Tommy Tommy Lad at 18 to 1 then Hatton and Morikawa at 22 Homa and Speeth at 25 Glover the glove and Ricky Fowler both at 28 to 1 is where the odds stand on DraftKings sportsbook right now Did you see the uh book that likes to give a boost like tried to catch uh they were offering they were boosting to a glover 40 this morning pat well it's only boosting to a glover 33 right now as i look at it in real time oh my god people went for it good for them good uh, listen it's probably the people won it last we want went back again you mentioned uh sky i know our boy bamford Hit that. So credit to everybody who's like, no, I'm riding this Glover shit. Well, it's it's just like when 27 red hits on the roulette wheel. You don't, and I hit it. You don't think I'm betting 27 red again the next spin? I'm hitting it until it stops winning. Like if oh, I, yeah. if, if, I hand if, you if, the- if I had been riding Glover each of the past two weeks, I would bet him again this week. Yeah. When they hand you that stack of chips, when you hit it the first time, you're certainly leaving the stack you want or maybe even putting another stack on top of 27 red. I'm not disagreeing with that we didn't do that though pat when we hit the bryson at 80 i know we didn't do it we didn't go back that was like six, five years ago i'm i don't know still complaining about a loser um yeah i, I rory seems to be the guy everyone is running for at really? the top you mentioned of like the um the super high end yeah i've seen a lot of people i don't even see like play that high end of a car of the board uh, you know, he's he's contending without what people seem to think is his A game. Uh, I would tend to agree. Like you just look at his ball striking last week. He gained over nine strokes ball striking, dropped two around the greens, and you know, he gained on the greens, but nothing significant enough to really make some damage. And he was there at the end with everyone. Like a few more putts drop for him, a few chips are a little bit closer, and boom, he wins the first leg of the playoffs. We know how well he plays at this time of year based on the amount of FedEx Cup championships that he has. I'd look at some of the other guys like Rom just felt like he was stuck in neutral all week. Um, It wasn't a very good showing for him, but a lot of his bad stats came from Thursday and he kind of rallied back throughout the course of the week and Scheffler like just legit couldn't make a putt. 
but that shouldn't be shocking to anyone. But this feels like a course where you can kind of get away with that a little bit, like U.S. Open style. Of course, you can always putt yourself out of a tournament and not capitalize on the amount of opportunities. But I will gladly take driving and irons this week and just you know roll the dice on putting rather than the other way around. Yeah, I mean, everything Olympia feels like it's major teeth, driver, irons, and hope you're you hope you get on the right side of putts which can be difficult but if lucas glover can do it that's got to be motivating to all the shitty putters out there like to just keep working yeah get a kitchen table broomstick and and maybe you'll win i played with a guy who had one this week first time i think i've ever played with a guy with a giant putter I don't think I have. It's a real commi- um, because- it's, a, it's a real commitment as a guy who plays like once a week to have the really long putter. And I asked him, I was like, why'd you do it? He's like, well, I couldn't putt. And I had this. He's like, I used to use it when you were allowed to anchor uh, like way back, like 10 years ago. So I just went back to it. He's like, when you miss, it is embarrassing because you miss okay. so much. <laughs> so I would like to make this point. Um, I'm sure the anchor in that method could help like a lot of amateurs like myself. I would rather I'm the guy that's going to at best get out a couple times a week in the summertime. Things are running pure. I'd still rather just miss my putts with a normal putter. <laughs> like I then look at like that doofus, have everyone looking at you. Every time you're playing with strangers, you got to answer goddamn questions. Like just, just you get to write down a 97 instead of a 94. Like who give unless, yeah, unless you're like trying to make gains or play for true money or something i don't know why any normal guy would ever um reduce themselves to that maybe they just want to be better maybe they are not as embarrassed as you are maybe they think it's a very nice conversation starter we did talk about it he didn't seem to be like annoyed literally then you know what my advice for that guy would be because i never do this but this is like the move instead of playing 18 holes you play nine holes and then go practice for two hours or practice for two hours and then go play nine holes and go stand on that putting green one afternoon and get like, you're an amateur. You do not need a broom. You're like, you're not even an amateur. An amateur would, would, would mean that you are like playing in, in like regional qualifiers. You are just a guy. You do not need a broom as a guy. You threw lady. you you threw out the twelve hole. I think it was a it was an Alistair McKenzie twelve hole course that someone was going to play, and Cuss was outraged by twelve hole courses. I actually love the concept of twelve hole courses, and not maybe not for the reason that people think. Like, would I go play it? Yeah, absolutely, I would go play, it, especially if I was pressed for time. Like, twelve is better than nine, and that I mean, basically all you have right now. Like, I can play eleven at my course, and then you just like walk to the clubhouse because the clubhouse is very easily accessible like so instead of playing nine i can play 11 which i'm fine with if i was only going to play nine to begin with get a few extra swings in it's glorious but for 12 the people that slow you down at public courses especially late in rounds when they get fatigued they stop paying attention i know a couple people like this like they're fine to play with for 10 holes then the final eight holes like they're just they're, they're completely checked out. They start taking forever. You get those people off the course, and they're only playing at the 12-hole course. just makes it easier for you to play. That's why I like it. Yeah, and that came from a follow on, on Twitter, Thichter Hovland, and he corrected it. It is an A.W. Tillinghast 
uh, not an Alistair McKenzie, but it's a 12 hole course at uh, Belmont golf in Richmond. And like you said, I don't know that I'd go there with my buddies, but I'm not against that sort of concept. I am not. I think golf, just like golf betting, like people can la- like laugh at dudes who play outrights and they're just crushing head to heads and doing their things. Um, choose your own adventure, like whatever works for you. If 12 holes is for you, like I got no problem with that. And I'd also say something that would get me smacked today. But if they reinvented the sport today and made it like the nines were sevens, I, I don't I wouldn't have one issue with that either. I mean that. So probably, people probably, like might want to put a gun in my head right now, but whatever. And if you want to go play 36 holes, do it. Go for it. I don't care. Whatever you want to do, whatever's good for you. Yeah. Alistair McKenzie almost died a hundred years ago. So it's probably unlikely that he uh, designed that course. If it's apparently, new. well, I mean, is it whatever this course, course was, was the first public course to host a major. Okay. So it is an old course that's redone. Yes. Okay. That makes more sense. I don't have a ton of interest from these top odds guys, 30 to one and under. Like, I, I kind of agree with you. I think it's a nice spot for Shoffley or Vic. I don't know if I'll get to the 16 to one. Do I want to go to the top with Scotty Ramarori? Maybe. And based on the card that I might construct, that might be the way that it goes. Or do I just kind of stick with Hatton, who, like, when I look at his numbers, he couldn't chip or couldn't putt. That's very atypical of Hatton this week. He actually struck the ball really well that maybe I just kind of go back to the well with him. I don't think that he's going to be a popular bet, and probably for good reason, because he he doesn't win just like Tommy does. But his underlying numbers continue to be very good, and I think that number is going to drop from 22, that we'll probably see a 28 by the time that Wednesday gets around. So maybe I wait for that. But that's where I would be looking right now. On Hatton. Yeah. Because I I know what two guys down the board I want to bet. You could get way bigger. Um at your favorite book. I, I know, Jeff. I've just been talking about the, the odds from DraftKings Sportsbook that are in front of me. And DraftKings will raise it up prior to, to get closer to that, That's too. That's what I so just said. Is... <laughs> yeah, no, I know you did. So I was just backing up me saying being an idiot by reinforcing something you said. But I didn't know. You made it seem like you didn't even know that existed, but I should be smarter than that, than to know you know that exists. Um I guess this would be the toughest question with Hatton because he's been so good for so long. When was the last time he actually played poorly and how did he like play the next week? But you could almost argue it's been so long. That's irrelevant at this point. I don't know. He missed the cut. So I think he missed the cut at the travelers. I think that's where it was. Let me see here. Yeah. He's played kind of poorly in his past two starts. Like he came 43rd last week. He was 20th at the open. The last time he missed a cut was at Valero after coming second at the players. Then he came 34th at the Masters, uh, which is just a place where you're not touching Hatton with a 10-foot pull. That seems to be Yeah, right. which He's, is great for him. Yeah. I mean, he came 40th at the Genesis, then at Riviera, then was fourth at Bay Hill. So, I don't know. Like, he's missed one cut, two cuts, three cuts in the past two years. Not that there I mean, as you have week, sort of... generally plays As well. you have sort of... Sorry, as you've sort of pointed out many times when me or even other people bring out like Hatton's reputation of being a hard course player and like not to like him in birdie fest, but he obviously has a great track record in birdie fest. He really um, he's almost proven like course proof because the harder it gets, I, my like Hatton senses start tingling again as well. 
Yeah, like he's played really well in Birdie Fest overseas. That's kind of been his jam, but it's obviously against much weaker competition, so we can get away with that. And it's usually on link style courses. Although I think he won in Switzerland as well at some point. Like he's won in Dubai, but when you see where he's done well in America, it generally has been in a lot of harder courses. So, um, I mean, if you and you've been, I mean, I would say for you, I mean, I am guilty of this. I have my guys. Outside of majors, you've been like pretty ride or die Hatton in a lot of spots this year. I agree. I don't think I have bet him in a major so far this season, which is kind of strange to think about. That's the funny thing about Glover, too. He didn't get to play in a major this year. <laughs> Unbelievable. <laughs> what a sport. Oh, that's incredible. And, and the reason I and keep I- getting drawn back into Hatton at these elevated events or wherever he plays that are the non-majors is that he's had a chance to win almost all of them. Like... Phoenix, I, I guess there was like a three-man race because Nick Taylor was way out ahead. But he ended up coming sixth there. That was in his first start. I didn't bet him that week, but I bet him at Bay Hill. He came fourth. I bet him at the players. He never had a chance to win, but he did come in second. He was third at Quail Hollow. He was fifth at the Byron Nelson. He was third in Canada. He was sixth at the Scottish, being the betting favorite on the back nine. He's been so close in so many of these that just you're not going to lose them all. Eventually, you're just going to have a good Sunday and win one of them. It's kind of like the Tommy thing. Like, yeah, Tommy can't close. It's becoming a running joke. But dude is fucking in contention every single week with a chance to win. I know, but Pat, it was going to fit so perfectly with the, we'd have gone from Finau to Zalatoris to Fleetwood. It was like magic for this leg of the cup and doing and getting the dudes off the mat. And he can't even hit these little putts. Um, okay, Hatton is your favorite. Mine is Hovland enhanced win to 18. Next week's stupid. So this is the finale. I'm not missing the finale. I hope it's a great season finale. Yeah, for, for reference, you, you, I, I, there's a 33 on Hatton out there if people want to bet that, which I would bet over the 22, but you know, you get what I'm saying. Yeah, I mean, I assume you're you're a win-only guy in that market anyway, so yeah, let's go. So if we go down the board, the 30-plus range, there's actually two guys I really like this week, three guys I really like at deeper odds, maybe even four. And if people watch the research show, they know this. I haven't made any of the wagers yet. I'm waiting for the numbers to materialize to the spot that I want them. I believe, I mean, we mentioned Keegan Bradley. I think this is a great Keegan Bradley course. He's 70-1 to (laughs) on DraftKings Sportsbook. He, too, has won the BMW Championship in the past. Uh, I think he won it at Erotomic, however the hell you say that one. So he's 70-1. to I like him. I like Corey Connors this week. DraftKings has him at 40, but I think that there are better numbers. Yeah, you can get 10 more points on him elsewhere, maybe even more. And the other one was Ben Ann, 75-1. to Like, everything that I looked at, stats-wise, recent form, history, hard events, everything just kept coming up Byung-Hun Ann. He finished 12th here in 2020 the last time he played in the bmw championship and when you look at the best players off the tee in terms of both strokes gained off the tee and driving distance there's five that stick out over the past like 24 rounds of the best players on tour right now and you would guess four of them pretty easily of who the best drivers are and then there's ben Ann. I obviously Corey came through on banana standing last week. He finished what seventh or in that six T six T six. I don't each way that. So, you know, sucks to be me. 
the other ones feel like huge asks, but like Ben. Well, well, okay, well, why does well, I, I have to ask you why Keegan feels like a big? Ass. No, 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 no. I was more on Ben. And I actually really like Keegan. He does as much as I took my shot in the Ryder Cup discussion. I love. I really like Keegan when if I know the course is going to be like really hard or potentially on that fine line of impossible for some players, I actually like Keegan more. Um, obviously you'd be each weighing that and I don't, I, I'm not going to talk that one down at all. There are probably ways to make money on Ben Ann and for peace of mind, I could see why you would add that outright because you're going to invest in him in probably a lot of places, even DFS and all over the board. It's funny That's because I, I, I really haven't bet him at all this year. I might bet him first round leader as well. Cause he's been very good in first rounds, but I mean, when you go look at his profile, it's not necessarily like Scheffler esque because his irons are wildly inconsistent. They're either bad or really good. So you have to hope it's one of the really good weeks. But the chipping and putting is e, or not the chipping and putting. The chipping and driving is elite, and you have to hope he doesn't put himself out of the tournament, which he's been better at doing recently. I can't stop now that we're literally at the last field bet, regular betting situation event of the year it's so what, what like i just throw up on myself every week in a big event where i'm like i don't know there's only 25 guys that can win and like time and time again this year it's been insane and forever be like we have to make like a long shot collab articles You'd be like oh long like what's the point like these long shots never hit it's been a summer of them and um not happy about it Although I'm happy for the golfers winning and my friends winning the bets. So I'm Con happy about Connors it. and Bradley Svensson. I'm not really sold on Connors all the way because I don't love the Benson. number. Like I don't really see him all that different than Ben Ann or Bradley. I don't understand why Bradley has dropped so much lower than all of these guys, considering he's won twice this year and generally competes well at U.S. Open. So I like to see that as well because that's sort of like the benchmark that I'm looking at this week of the type of player that I want. But Svensson is the other one at 125 to 1. I just the numbers tell me he's very good and whether he put he had a 10 shot difference between his putting at the Wyndham and his putting last week but the ball striking has been on point for Svensson now for I think like five straight events uh, let's see yeah and the best he's finished is seventh over that time but he's gained at least five strokes to degree in each of his past four you know he dropped six strokes last week but gained almost three on approach he's gained over he's gained an average of three on approach per tournament over his past three it was nice to see him do that again against a very strong field versus a rather weak field now a lot of his numbers do come against weak fields but if he can find his putter a little bit in bent grass i don't know with like poa trivials or poa overseed whatever that might be but just they're calling it bent on the gc page that i'm looking at his best surface is bent and if he's gonna actually make some putts this week i'm not really concerned about the driving or the approach play that he's at the very bottom of the betting board and maybe the outright isn't the way that you want to look at this maybe it's a top 10 but i do think that there is some value in adam svensson I mean, the guy lost with his approaches for two straight months, and now he's come back. Uh, he's found them again, so that's where the bread and butter is. I four Canadians are in the top fifty, and Hughes finished fifty-one. So that's going to be a lot of Canadians in the, um, which will be big for them with the race for the Presidents Cup spots in Canada. But now they'll all be in the elevated events next year. Correct, those guys, which is another small thing i saw people discussing that it was clutch for guys who might need exemptions 
that Hideki got in. Yes, because him and JT would have gobbled up half of the exemptions available for these elevated events each time around, pretty much. For sure. So that's sort of where I'm looking at. If we do the quick picks for this event, unless there's well, anyone else you really want to go into. I thought you might make a better case for for a Morikawa off the mat. I mean, it's going to come down to chipping and putting like a lot of the times to save yourself. And that's just not kind of his jam. Maybe he keeps himself out of those issues. But, you know, I've been right. I mean, I'm not seeing the best of numbers on Morikawa at the moment. I would like to see better numbers on Morikawa. Um, like he's firmly like the, the best number you can kind of find right now is 25 to one. And I don't know. I don't see a big difference between him and Hatton. If I can bet Hatton at 33, I would just rather bet that. I would actually at this. This might be crazy because Hatton's not like a prolific winner, but I do trust Hatton more than Morikawa at this moment. Um, another guy getting a lot of I don't even know that the odds have changed, but I think a lot of people watched yesterday and what happened and were like, oh, I want to bet him. And we just spoke about it. That would be Hideki Matsuyama driver irons. He has been so we, we kind of debated it a couple weeks ago. I was arguing for the case that his season's been better than like you were giving him credit for. But at the same time, he had to fight. Yeah, yeah, his season was so good, he, he barely 50, made it so... to the second round of the playoffs. <laughs> yeah, so like anyone like me that was trying to glad hand him, maybe like put some air in his tires in that respect. Like once I was saying, wait, he actually has to like go bananas to, to make this. Maybe his season wasn't as um, good. I don't know. I just thought it was consistent. Obviously, there were downturns and he didn't do enough. So he put himself in that spot anyway. Um, he was great around the greens last week, Pat, which is, you know, a, a staple for him, but he was horrible at the Wyndham. So there are no concerns there. I yeah, guess. Of and, any and, sort he was, of and he was shitty off the tee. Like the, and people will look that he came third at this tournament in 2020. And then when you dig into the numbers, you'll see that he gained six strokes around the greens and actually didn't hit the ball very well. So that's not something that I really want to rely on. I think that he'll be a popular bet this week and I can't really argue against it. I'm going to bet on guys who aren't going to win, but I would rather go down with the hat and ship at the same number than bet Hideki. Yeah. He's been a real like tough tough guy to um pinpoint when to get on when to not but hey it doesn't really matter you haven't missed you haven't missed a win um no he hasn't he hasn't finished better than t5 in over a year it was the players i yeah he came fifth at the players that's his best finish in a year but he's also like yeah yeah no like, i don't know he's like the king of the t23 this year t13 so he's almost been yeah and he's had these like peak moments, these like ceiling rounds where I guess it does enough to suck you back in again as a guy who bets him and tracks him that he's doing like enough where you think it could pop and you trust his pedigree if he got into the the end with one of the big boys. But I don't know, does that matter? I just watched Windy, Harmon, Keegs, and Glover close out. Shit. What a war. What a season, Pat. What a season. I know. Holy shit. Well, it wasn't well, a great season for me, but happy well, for some people. <laughs> we'll we'll talk about the tour championship next week, and maybe we'll even do a quick season in review show the week after as we you know have that little in-between time between the PGA and when football starts. Maybe we take a week off. Who knows? But the quick picks for the BMW championship. Uh, I'm gonna go with Ben Ann, Connors, and Ben Ann, Keegan Bradley, and Svensson. 
66, 75, and 125, all within each way to five places, I think I'll go with. And then I'm really circling the wagons on Hatton and Connors. But if I don't get there, I mean, there's a chance I go with Rory or Rom, but I'm not feeling that as much right now. It's probably going to be Hatton, Connors, and Bradley Svensson, and just continue my year of losing and have fun doing it. Yeah, that's the good part. Fun, as long as you doing it responsibly, you can have fun doing it. Like, I'm already prepared. My motto for football season, Pat, is fun and sadness. Because I'm going to have fun. We are going to have fun tossing that pigskin. But we are going to be sad. <laughs> We're going to be sad. Um, For me, I don't know why I didn't talk about him during the show. Maybe I'm ashamed. But not of this. Victor Hovland, 18 to 1, enhanced win. That bet is in. Uh, I bet I bet Cam Young at fifty-five to one an enhanced win this morning. I'm I can't I don't know. I wasn't even a big Cam Young guy, but yeah, I'm Cam a sucker Young. now. Yeah, now I, it's the, late in the summer the as he's gotten worse. I have like I was never there. I was never on any of his close calls. I don't know why I feel like I need to be chasing it. Not even chasing it. I was on it last week. I thought the number was big. I saw it this morning. It looked big. I am there, even though he's not really doing things right. So I'm still there. Well, that will do it on the Pat Mayo Experience. Play in the week one DraftKings Listeners League. RunTheSims.com has all that information for you right now. If you want to get the annual package, use code Mayo. Get yourself 10% off, and there's new tools are coming within the next two weeks, especially for your real fancy high-end Daily Fantasy players uh, has something new. I mean, it already runs 10,000 simulations of your own projections, your own lineups. But let's say you were able to add, I don't know, tournament simulations into that as well to construct your optimal lineup with leverage in play with all of that. Wouldn't that sound fun? RunTheSims.com. Code Mayo for all of that uh, coming very, very soon. You get in your preseason notes as well. Uh, you might as well get it now before the price gets jacked up. That's what I would do, but I get it for free because I co-own the site. So, yeah. You should do it too. Smash the like, sub to the channel on the way out, and I will see you next time. Experience. Experience.